I don't need to lead with the fact that I'm an African-American or a woman. That's obvious when you see me. So I lead with character, competence, capability, calm assurance, and a driven purpose, and the thoughtfulness around the intent to serve. Welcome to Small City Innovators. This is the show where we celebrate the people and ideas empowering the small city movement. We learn from trailblazing leaders across business and society about creating impact enterprises, overcoming management and market challenges, and the big ideas supercharging small cities today. I'm your host, Ryan Hurley. In 2008, I walked out on a big city career and co-founded slow fashion retailer Vare and Vogue in downtown Durham, North Carolina. Since making that move, I've been proud to be a part of Durham's renaissance as a city of innovation and progress. And I've been inspired by so many innovators who are vitalizing America's small cities with bottom-up solutions and a shared sense of purpose. Our guest today is Gloria Sheely. Gloria is the founder and CEO of The Danielle Company, a Durham-based construction management and general contracting firm. Gloria and her team have delivered over half a billion dollars worth of building projects across public and private sectors in North and South Carolina, catalyzing growth in these states and some of their most dynamic cities. Gloria's clients have included Merck, BMW, Duke, UNC, the RDU Airport, and the city of Durham. Her community engagement includes service on local, state, and national boards. She was the first woman to serve as president of the National Association of Minority Contractors. She owns and operates the Danielle Company with her daughter, Aisha, making it a 100% woman and African-American-owned firm. In this episode, we learn how character and relationship integrity have driven Gloria's success and her firm's. Gloria shares the biggest challenge for the Danielle company today and her ideas on moving Durham forward for all. Gloria Sheely, welcome to Small City Innovators. Thank you. It is such a pleasure to have you here. You're very engaged in Durham as a business leader and champion of inclusive development. What progress do you see happening now in terms of Durham's growth that really excites you? I probably had a greater excitement in some impending major developments that didn't go the direction that I thought that equity and inclusion could really have been mm. enhanced. However, I was reading an article yesterday uh, that highlighted 12 diverse African-American businesses in Durham, uh, many of whom I had was not aware of. And I like the flavor, which happens to be one of the names of one of the businesses, Flavor Desserts, uh, <laughs> Kiwan Hester. Um, I like the flavor of the different platforms of retail and um, restaurants and the atmosphere and personalities that they were bringing both in the owners and of the decor and the offerings of their various enterprises. That was exciting. That's great to hear. Mm -hmm. When you came in to the studio this morning, we talked about a couple projects that you have going on now, mm -hmm. which are both over $100 million projects. Mm -hmm. And as you were describing them to me, I just was taken aback by the, the complexity 
that mm. goes into your business, all the moving parts, all the people that are involved. At the end of one of these projects, how do you define success? Success for us is the opportunity to give value to our client that serves the desired purpose that they have intended and that we're able to do that with relationship integrity. That's one of our mantras. And that that's demonstrated in the way in which we engage with them throughout the process from the craftspeople on the ground to the owners and the end users and everyone in between to demonstrate every project is a demonstration of execution excellence, which is our standard. And I'm, I'm pretty driven about that. And then the customer value piece of it is why we're here. And that impacts communities, people's lives. We see ourselves as um, building visions and transforming lives. Most people think it's all about the sticks and bricks. It's really about the people. And then the last part of it that we really should be first is safety first, above all, above everything. Safety in not only the conditions of the project, so you didn't have any accidents, any recordable accidents, any near misses, and that safety is not only a culture, but a mindset of everyone, uh, whether they are part of the project or they are a public observer on the outside of the project. If everyone can leave there as they came every day, at the end of the day, that's success. And we've delivered the product that the client has desired, and we all had a shared purpose in doing that. As you mentioned the importance of people and safety. I think about the management mantra of culture eats strategy. Mm -hmm. How do you go about creating a culture of success at the Danielle Company and on these projects? It starts for us with our ways of working, and it really starts with relationship. And our strategy has always been from the very beginning that we pursue relationships, not projects. Projects are a residual benefit of relationships and relationships sustained in the up, the down, in the middle, the good times, the not so good times. And it allows you to address issues in a way that whether you agree or disagree, you can still walk away with a common respect for each other. So we don't go after looking for projects. So we identify strategic relationships, both from owners as well as major CMs or GCs to collaborate with that align with our core values and that we can bring a complementary value proposition to the equation and that we're going to be skin in the game, boots on the ground. Regardless of what our percentage, you know, the economics of it is, and we have our baselines, of course, but that equity is aligned with that. And we're going to stand hand in hand as peer partners in delivering the best product possible. You know, that just makes me think it's all about the long-term. It's a long-term relationship. And so as you're considering getting into one of these long-term relationships, whether it's with a client or a employee or team member, in those initial conversations, what are you looking for in the person that's sitting across from you? We first hire for character. That is most critical. The skill sets that's an expectation, that's a standard that has to be there. That's the baseline. You can do a certain level of due diligence around that, but you're not gonna truly know that 
until you know you're in that experience together. So on the front end of the conversation interview process, we're asking the questions um, that relate to character. What's most important to you? What do you see as your key qualities? Who knows you better than anybody else? And what would they say about you that we don't know? And how would they promote you for this particular opportunity? How would they sell you uh, for that? What's the most difficult situation you've had to handle? And what was the outcome? And what was the, the learning from that? What's the most exciting accomplishment that you've accomplished? And what is it that you did uh, for that to stand out for you and be a success? And how does that make a difference for you? And then lastly, you know, wh what's your true interest? You know, what are you in this for? What is it that excites you about our business and our industry? Because it's not for everyone. What's your vision of yourself in this industry? What do you see the direction that you would want to go? Aside from how they answer the questions, is there anything that you're looking for in the person in terms of their energy or, you know, can you talk about that a little bit? So personal presence is very, very important. It includes how you physically present yourself, your dress, your attire, your grooming, uh, your mannerisms in terms of being appropriately assertive to shake hands, how you shake hands, you know, when you have that first meeting face-to-face, uh, -face, how you comport yourself uh, in terms of an aura of confidence, although you can see the anxiety because it is an interview, um, and how that's, you know, managed. And you can tell uh, at what point that they get a little bit more comfortable. And we try to, you know, open up to, to create a space where people can speak comfortably, but in an informed and, and intuitive way. And it also is attitude. And attitude is a big factor. Um, attitude will take you a long way. You know, my daughter was in uh, AAU basketball and she was also played uh, high school and middle school basketball. And it was that one girl who was not the strongest, not the best, but she had the greatest attitude of getting out there and, and putting it all on the table. Attitude is everything. It is. It really it is. is. And so that energy is reflected uh, through the attitude. One of the character traits that we hire on at Varen Vogue is optimism. Mm -hmm. And within that trait is a sense of trust, mm -hmm. you know, that things are going to work out. Glass is half full and uh, we can make this happen. So it sounds like that's something that you all look for as well. Well, we believe, again, because it's about relationship and relationship is built on the foundation of trust. And so you have to establish at least some baseline of that in that initial conversation, in that initial meeting. Um, I also uh, believe that it is critically important to be prepared and more than just prepared, prepare exhaustively. So when someone comes in, one of the things I want to know is, what do you know about the Danielle company? What research have you done? If you don't know anything, you certainly should have gone on the website and be able to glean and and also not just having some baseline information but having some couple of key questions that intrigued you as you were you know, doing your due diligence that's important like gloria we realized a few years into our business at barenbogue that we had to hire on character in addition to asking revealing interview questions like the great ones gloria just shared 
we have four key values at VNB that we hire on. They include being caring, communicative, optimistic, and curious. We vet for these throughout our hiring process. It's incredible how this change in how we hire transformed our culture and created tremendous synergy and satisfaction among our team. In upcoming episodes, I'll share more about what we've learned about making the right hires, including the one question I ask myself after every interview with a candidate. Now let's hear what Gloria had to say after I asked her what's been key to her success in breaking barriers as an African-American woman in the construction industry. I would first say that the intentionality was not to break barriers. Mm. The intentionality was to bring all of the gifts, skills, talents, voice, sense of accomplishment, expertise, etc., to any situation that I might find myself in. Not leaving part of me, you know, out the door and bringing, you know, a, another part in, but being the same in any platform that I find myself. I always say, especially to uh, women audiences, but it applies uh, across the board, I don't need to lead with the fact that I'm an African-American or a woman. That's obvious when you see me. Maybe not always so obvious when you hear me. Um, so I don't need to lead with that. So I lead with character competence, capability, calm assurance, and a driven purpose, and the thoughtfulness around the intent to serve. Well, that's a real lesson for all of us. Can you tell us now what it was that attracted you to the construction industry? That was divine intervention more than <laughs> intentional decision um, and, and a long story. But I think that a seed was planted early in my life, unknowingly, through my father, who had a real gift and skill with his hands. That was not his livelihood. His livelihood, as he'll tell you, he, he was one of the first African-American salesmen at Sears and Roebuck at that time and had a great career for 40 years and six months in their high areas of appliances and automotive. That was, you know, their most profitable. But when he decided um, that we would move from the projects, and it wasn't significantly far away, but to buy some land and have a custom house built and all of that nice front yard, backyard, we thought that was the worst thing he could ever do. Had no appreciation or understanding. We're kids. You're taking us from our other, the sure. other kids. There was a much smaller community. It was like moving to the suburbs, even though it wasn't in the suburbs. And with that house, he expanded on it, did most of that work himself. You know, back then he was young and all that, and he continued to, to buy you know, other properties and has properties today. And I think the seed was planted then. Thinking now where the Danielle company is today, what would you say is your biggest challenge in your business? Our biggest challenge, and it is an industry challenge as well, is talent, experienced talent. There is a gap. And part of the economic downturn created part of that gap in terms of that capacity. The experienced folks had to retool and, and do something different. Many did not come back. There was not an uptick of preparing the newer generation to close that gap. And so it's still a, a gap. Therefore, there are fewer experienced project managers, superintendents, project engineers in all the areas of you know, the construction build side that are available. Part of my value proposition was 
that you know the people that we would bring to a project would be experienced and capable and could hit the ground running day one. And we would build upon that in terms of ways of working and any of the other idiosyncrasies of, of the project. But that was our value proposition and that's what we did. And we've done that until last year. And we hired people who had degrees in construction and engineering and all that. But for the first time last year, we hired someone right out of their construction management program uh, at North Carolina A&T. And we were very fortunate to get a star. Connecting back to what you were saying about the talent pipeline, essentially, in your industry and, and the challenges with that, what are the solutions there? A couple of things. One, which is more long-term, we've got to create the interest and the excitement at the grade levels, quite frankly, in the STEM areas in order to develop and nurture that pipeline. Long-term, have to do that, as well as at the collegiate level to give them the kinds of uh, experiences and opportunities and create the interest you know, for, for this area. The only other thing that I would say is because of the um, you know somewhat diminished capacity um, at the experience level that's needed, that you find people are just moving from one organization to the next, seeking for that next level of either growth, experience, opportunity, you know, work-life balance. And if they do that, you've got to be able to keep them. You've got to look at how do you attract them, one, and then how do you keep them. And the typical things that, you know, money and promotion and those kinds of things are no longer the driving factors. So what what's the most important other factor, would you say? I would say it is about the community of people or experiencing value, bringing and contributing value in whatever the desired outcome is. That hooks them. What is the phrase, be an ecosystem rather than an ecosystem? <laughs> mean to you? Probably simply uh, the ego system is individualistic and the ecosystem is humanistic. Very well said. And based on the idea that cities should think like a system and act like an entrepreneur, how would you rate Durham on a scale of one to 10? I would say at this point, a six, because there is so much more that can be done that hasn't been done, and so much more opportunity for thinking creatively and innovatively and bringing more voices to the discussion to really speak to equity and inclusion. Um, it is no longer about diversity. Yes, you can have diversity of thought. That's really more diversity of culture. If you are inclusive, then you are diverse. But the real substance of economic development, from my perspective, is about equity, is about having an equitable share of the fruits, the prospects, the participation, the engagement, and the, the money in the ecosystem that you're trying to create, mm. the community experience, the humanistic experience that you're trying to create that brings um, a sense of value, belonging, even in being unique at the same time. What do we do to create that? I believe that it starts with people 
I believe that it starts with people in leadership. I believe it starts with those uh, that have the bandwidth and the creative ideas being willing to step into the fray because it is a fray. You know, it is ruckus in the beginning when you're trying to bring together, you know, a whole shared vi vision and purpose. And it takes not only the right people, but the right frame of reference and the right motivational benefit. And if it is an ego system, it is always going to be fragmented. So you're really talking about a paradigm shift of the mindset, that's one, and a change from isolated pockets of opportunity and power to a shared equitable positioning. And people don't want to give that up. But there is, I believe, enough of a movement of thought that will continue to become more present, have more voice, and have more action behind the inertia to push the inertia in the right direction. As it relates to affordable housing, I think the commercial equity ownership and job creation can drive that when people are employed and are earning more than livable wages to take care of their families and to sustain themselves, then that can answer the question to the need for affordable housing. Absolutely. We are going to roll into our speed round of questions here. Who exemplifies success to you in the Durham community and why? That person um, would be Carl Webb because I believe that he authentically has committed himself to the whole notion of equity and inclusion and business development and entrepreneurship in the investment that he's made in Durham, uh, not just the physical structure, but the programs and the ideas and the people. And he started early in, in having a, a vision for that and is comfortable in his skin and comfortable in his voice and is willing to speak that and has the sophistication to speak that in a way in different platforms to be heard and that their action comes behind it. And what local business or organization have you partnered with or supported that you would recommend to others? So many. Let's see. <laughs> uh, I'm part of an organization, which is a service organization, and we have a demographic platform that's primarily African-American, but the demographics have changed. So it is underrepresented people and primarily people of color. And I am the, what we call the services to youth facet chair. Um, and I've been directly engaged in the last three years to partner with various schools around Durham um, and in, in Orange County as well, that uh, representative of underserved populations. Can you share with us the name of that organization? Yes. It's the Triangle Park Chapter of the Lynx Incorporated. Great. And what book or management philosophy has influenced you most? The book that has had the most impact and serves as a foundation of some of our thinking and strategy is by Stephen Covey, The Speed of Trust because trust is the foundation of relationships. And as you know, relationship integrity is one of our key mantras. Where can people find you online? I am on LinkedIn. Uh, we have our, our website, which is www.the, T-H-E, Danielle, 
D-A-N-I-E-L-E-C-O.com. Danielle is spelled with one L. Where can people find you at an upcoming or recurring event? On March 3rd, uh, the National Association of Women in Construction, Durham Chapter, will be celebrating Women in Construction Week. And I will be speaking on a panel to give exposure to women in this industry to share their journey with those that are will be attending. It will be held at American Tobacco. Gloria Sheely, thank you so much for joining us on Small City Innovators. You certainly are an inspiration and trailblazer in your field, and we greatly appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us today. Well, thank you so much for the invitation. It's been a pleasure. In 2018, the city of Durham recognized the Danielle Company for outstanding construction management. Gloria has also been inducted into the National Minority Contracting Association's Hall of Fame and named Woman of the Year by the Greater Durham Black Chamber of Commerce. This conversation is part of our first season on leading female innovators in small cities in the Southeast. Thanks so much for listening and being a part of the small city movement. We're uplifting our communities and the world with bottom-up solutions and purpose-driven innovation. Your support matters. Please subscribe to the show and give us a review. It really makes a difference. And find us at smallcityinnovators.com. Small City Innovators is produced by me, Ryan Hurley, along with Mikkel Elbeck of Toro Town Storyworks and support from Varen Bogue. The show is recorded at our studio in the historic Five Points District in downtown Durham.